We all know the story of the Magi. Foreigners from the east who travel afar, guided by a star, bearing gifts to a newborn king. It's a story of wonderment, of mystery, magic. It's a story that testifies to the truth of God's love, a love that is inclusive, a love that is extensive, a love that transcends boundaries, a love that is unexpected. It is a story that invites us to ponder, like the Magi, what gifts we carry, what gifts we too might offer to the child. We all know the story of the Magi. Amen. (laughs) However, there is an element to the story that is often overlooked, and It is the element of fear and opposition. From the start of the story, King Herod does not greet the news of this newborn with joy. Rather, he is frightened, and not just Herod, but all of Jerusalem with him. Which is curious and begs the question, why? Perhaps it is because the one thing the powerful seek more than anything else is to remain in power to maintain the status quo. And Herod seeks his own ends. So he is immediately threatened by the mere mention of a rival king, even an infant. Perhaps also it's due to the presence of these three strangers, these foreigners, those unlike the status quo. In their quest to find this newborn, which announces that the world is changing. And perhaps God's embrace is broadening, that there will be no longer insider or outsider, that the status quo is fading away, and that all people are included in God's plan for restoration and new life. Whatever the catalyst, fear is a wicked and powerful motivator. In response to their fear, Herod, along with all of Jerusalem, conspires to find and kill the infant. Of course, they don't succeed. The Magi are warned in a dream. Very convenient. And subsequently, they return home by another road. Yet consider what fear, the fear of change, the fear of the unknown, the fear of foreigners cultivated within Herod and the people of Jerusalem. So much fear they were willing, motivated, to kill an infant. I wonder, what about us? What does fear do to us? How does fear motivate us? How does the fear of change, fear of the unknown, fear of the foreigner, the stranger in our midst, impact our lives? And since we're in a worship setting, I'll ask this. How does it it influence your faith? 
For some, perhaps the response to fear is to install higher gates, build a wall, buy more guns. For others, perhaps the response to fear is to save more for the unknown future, reducing one's generosity to those in need here and now to ensure that, that you have enough for later. Perhaps another response is to close our hearts and our minds, our very lives, to those who are different from ourselves. Perhaps even to dismiss God's presence and call upon your life. Those are all possible responses to fear. And we all carry fear. I wonder how many opportunities and possibilities have you forfeited in your life because of the fear you carry? Imagine the fear of the Magi traveling across <laughs> expansive lands, not knowing where they were going, but still they went. There is no question that Matthew's version of the Nativity story moves quite quickly from adoration and gifts of the Magi to a darker, more ambivalent world. A world of politics, of deception, of fear-induced violence. There's a reason we read Luke's warm and fuzzy version of the Nativity on Christmas Eve. And save Matthew for later. However, if Matthew's account is more somber, it is also more realistic. It reflects the truth of our lives. In Matthew's storytelling of, of visiting Magi and the subsequent slaughter of the innocents in the, version, in the verses to come, Matthew renders an accurate and painfully difficult picture of the world, a world shrouded and defined by fear, then as well as now. As uncomfortable as it may be for us to admit, to own, because we all play a part, we live in a world riddled by fear. A world of starvation, a world of genocide, a world of scarcity, a world of segregation across lines of gender and sexuality, ethnicity, faith. A world of politics for the powerful at the expense of the weak. A world where innocents die every day. Perhaps Matthew sketches his story of Jesus' birth and our lives with darker strokes precisely so that we might better perceive the glory and the grace of God's hope and promise offered to us in the Christ child. In that, God came to the world. God loves a people so mastered by fear, you and me, that we often do the unthinkable to one another. And yet, God still came so that we might experience hope and life anew. God sees who and what we are, and God loves us 
still. That's remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. And so we have a decision to make, a response to offer. In order for God's promise of restoration to be achieved in our lives, we have to acknowledge the fears that we carry, the fears we allow to limit our lives, the fears we allow to destroy life itself, the fears that inspire us to hoard or to covet or to cheat or betray, fears which always keep us from hope, from possibility, from healing, from God. I like to believe that Matthew's hope is that that we, like the wise men, the magi, that we might be willing to take a risk, that we might be willing to take a journey, that we might be willing to to follow a, a shining star with no explanation, but just go. Go. And be inspired to diligently seek the child. seek the child within ourselves and in others. And then offer our lives, our gifts, to remedy the world's woes, the world's fears, the world's brokenness. Of course, when we find the child, when we knew and honor the child, you will be changed forever. Because like the Magi, you will go home another way. You will take another road. Because you're going to have to leave your fears behind. Thanks be to God. Amen.